Hey, what's going on, you guys? This is Mike. This is the Give You the Biz podcast. And I'm back with another great guest out here in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm here with Nino. Nino, how you doing? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Well, you know, this is a business podcast, and we got a pretty good audience size here. So uh, why not start off by telling everybody about yourself? Where are you from originally? So my name's Nino Mihili. I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Detroit. The D. Yeah. Raised out here in uh, Chandler, Arizona, so from the Motown to the C-Town, that's yeah. what I tell people. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm first generation born here. My parents are both immigrants. My father escaped uh, communist Albania damn. back in the 60s, and he grew up in uh, Manhattan on the Lower East Side of New York. Oh, damn. Yeah, okay. Very, very poor immigrant. My mother, she's a uh, Chaldean, uh-huh. which are Christians, from Iraq. So oh, she avoided okay. all the persecution and stuff going on over there, and they migrated to America as well. And... Detroit has a big Albanian and Chaldean communities. Not so much in Phoenix. It's it's growing, but nothing like Detroit and, and yeah. New York and stuff like that. Do you go to high school out there in Detroit? No, all out here. Chandler High. I'm Chandler, a Chandler High. High alum. Okay. Uh, all my education's in Arizona. I have my uh, associates from Chandler Gilbert. Nice. Uh, bachelor's from ASU. Good, Small good. business entrepreneurship. There you go. And then I have a master's in finance from University of Phoenix. Any siblings or anything too? Yep, four, uh, there's four of us, older brother, Nicholas, older sister, Natalia, and a okay. baby sister, Narissa. All from uh, Detroit too? All born in Detroit, all graduated from ASU. Nice. Yeah, we're all first generation uh, college grads. Nice, and nice. I teach my kids, every generation needs to get better. Absolutely. So our parents had different opportunities than they did, and mm-hmm. they took advantage of it. We had more opportunities than them. We took advantage of it, and our children yep. have millions and millions of more opportunities than us. So every generation needs to get better. Remember that. Absolutely, absolutely. So Chandler High went to ASU. What was college like at ASU? College, I worked my way through college, man. You worked. You yeah, weren't partying. Um, I'm, I was focused at a young age. That's I was good. worried about my money. One of my biggest accomplishments coming out of college debt free. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. No, you did well. I came out of college debt-free, and okay. I always hustled, always made money, and always had my goals at a young age. You know, life's a marathon. It's Absolutely. not a sprint, so you got to start that foundation at a young age. Absolutely. And, and just stick to that script. Definitely. Even though you want to party, even though yeah. you want to do this, even though you want to do that, you got to you gotta stick to that script. And what were you uh, hustling? Were you like a small-time entrepreneur at that age already? So, or? you know, I'd buy stuff, sell stuff. Mm-hmm. I've always had a full-time job. So I always okay. had guaranteed income coming in, and I was always investing and trying yeah. this and, you know, hustling shirts, hustling whatever whatever yeah. opportunities were out there that people didn't see. Yeah. You know, I'd hustle. So. Trying to fill in the holes. Yeah. Huh? Did you fill have a, the needs. Did you uh, have a girlfriend at that time, too? No. I, was, I, my, yeah. my, I, I don't know if I should say this <laughs> in the podcast, but... I used to get chicks and get chips. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That, that's what I was focused on. The single life is good because yep. it keeps you focused on your professional life. Absolutely. And, that's very true. I'm and learning. That's, and that's what I did. I always focused on me personally and yep. financially and professionally. And I entertained the women on the weekends and, and kept it simple like that. Women can be a positive distraction yep. and a negative distraction. Yep. I'm married with three children now, so my wife is a positive distraction. Yep, absolutely. But being single, women were a negative distraction. Definitely, definitely. So college, you finished up. What came after college? You go straight to work? No, so I finished college fast, like in three and a half years. Okay. I should have, and what I would recommend to some people just to get some experience at a young age, I should have went the corporate route. Ah, But but I didn't. No? Um... I, I ended up helping my family in their family business. Uh, doing what? Uh, my father owned a grocery store. Okay. Uh, 
uh, Carner City out here in Chandler. Uh, so I helped him out over there. That's why I speak Spanish fluently too. Oh I'm man. I'm not Hispanic, but like I said, I speak Spanish fluently. Mm-hmm. Um, and diversity is important. Very. Very important. Yeah, especially so, here I, in Arizona. I love being around diversity and I love learning other languages and cultures and all that because perception is what makes people successful. Yes. If you have a narrow perception in life, you're going to be limited. Yes. If you segregate yourself and only hang around certain communities and listen to certain music and certain this, you may be successful. You probably will. Definitely. But you're limiting your success. Absolutely. So I help my family. One thing about me, I'm a loyal, loyal dude. And unfortunately, yep. loyalty is a strength and a weakness. It is, yeah. So I created an insurance company while I was with my parents. And ah. finally, I, I just I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. My father's very, very old school. Yeah, very strict. And, and I'm more of a newer entrepreneur where he mm-hmm. wanted to work 100 hours. The more hours you work, the more of a man you work. Yep, yep. And I, was, I work smarter, not harder. Definitely. And that's why I try to teach my family on that end. And that's why I teach my kids, like, you need to work smarter, not harder. Definitely. Let your money work for you. Create jobs. Create opportunities. Give up. Give up some of the pie. Yeah. Because now you can be able to focus on another pie and grab more. Yep. But, you know, he, we had to work 70, 80 hours a week. <laughs> and what was that like leaving him? I know he was upset, right? It was right? tough. It yeah. was tough. And my mother told me for years, she's like, go, yeah. go, yeah. go. Mm-hmm. She said, Habibi, that's a word in Caledonia. She's like, go, Habibi, go, do your own thing. And, yep. and loyalty, because you're raised, you know, being loyal to your family yeah. and this and that. But finally I left and I opened up a bunch of Boost Mobile stores. Oh, okay. I had like a half a dozen Boost Mobile stores in Phoenix and Tucson. And, and I did wholesale and all that. And then... Through there, I opened up other businesses. I opened up a staffing company okay. with my cousin. And then during COVID, I pivoted out of all my high-risk liabilities. Okay. And retail is, I mean, I had monthly yeah. bills of like, you know, 60, 70 Gs a month. Yeah. Between rents and payrolls and inventory and all that. So I got rid of all my high-risk liabilities. I pivoted out of that. And I just focused on my staffing company. And then I put my office downtown, which we're talking now in downtown Phoenix. Yep. And just doing consulting, doing my staffing, and just networking with other professionals right now. Nice. Okay, well, let me circle back to that Boost Mobile store. What made you start with that? So I got an opportunity. One of my cousins in Detroit called me. He was like, hey, I got some guys out there. They're having some issues with with some of their businesses, and maybe you could sit down and talk to them. So I kind of came on more as like a manager, and then eventually I was like, okay, and I just bought in and grew it and did it myself. Okay. And And then what was next after that? Um, I opened up the staffing company. And then do you remember what year that was too? 2018. 2018, okay. That, that staffing company, we started out of my booth store. Oh, really? With 11 employees. Doing what kind of staffing? Like construction? Uh, or No, auto industry. Sales? No, providing them labor. Really? So, and all the auto, okay. all the auctions, yeah. they, need, they need, there's so much labor. Definitely. Labor tents. Yep. And uh, actually, my it's, you know, I've heard the saying, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Absolutely. We have, that's, that company's a great story. So if you get a chance, go to flatstaffing.com Flatstaffing. and read how we, how we got started. It's, it's a great story. The owner of the auction was a good friend of my cousin's, and he transports cars for him. Okay. He, it was his idea. Yeah. He was like, you know what? I'm, my cost of labor keeps on going up, but the quality isn't there. It's the same quality. Yep. I will pay more for a more quality product. Yeah. So when you talk about product placement and all that, like Apple, you know, they come out with this test they come out with these high quality products that consumers will pay for. Definitely. And you get what you pay for. Definitely. So he came up with the idea. He told us like four people. My cousin told one of the persons was my cousin. My cousins called me and I 
took it and created and developed the whole company. I've never been in staffing, but I know yeah. business. Yeah. So I developed that whole company from scratch, and we went from 11 employees within six months over 100 employees. Wow. And just regionally or like just in Arizona? Just, for just in Arizona, but Damn. now we have an opportunity in Dallas. We're trying to grow out of the state. So we have the business okay. model that yep. I created ready to copy and paste and, and put into every other market. That's impressive, man. But um, but it's we went into the industry charging more. Okay. Per, so, like, okay, how, how does the staffing so agency work, we, you know? So we charge the client one rate and we pay the, our customers, we pay our employees another rate. Yep, and you take but a we, cut. We take our cut, but we have to front all that money. Oh, uh, So okay, it's, okay, it's very... Okay. Uh, Capital intensive. Very huh? capital intense. It's yeah. very liquid. You need to be liquid. That's why there's factory. We don't have factory companies, but for people starting okay. out, there's factory companies that will float your invoices and all that. Because I have clients that are net 30, net 45. Gotcha. So I'm floating all that payroll. Yeah. I mean, that's three weeks of pay, three pay Definitely. periods. I mean, that's it's a ton of pay period. Definitely. But I got to float all that. But like I said, when people always come into a market, they want to come in cheap. Yeah. Once you come in cheap, you can only go cheaper. Yeah. But if you come in high, you can always go higher. Yeah. Because if you provide, give people what they want to pay for. Okay. I got so what you're So when you come out with a new product, don't just always come in, I'm going to cut down the competition, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You're going to eventually working off of lower margins and you're going to screw up the market and screw up profitability for everybody. Definitely. But if you come in strong with strong margins and, and put, give them that quality and that clientele that they want, yep. people will pay for it. Just think about you in your personal life. Yeah. What do you pay more for versus something you can find cheaper because you know you're getting what you pay for, whether it's food, well, that's true. whether it's clothes, whether it's shoes, whether it's a car. You, Every consumer in this world will pay a premium for something Definitely. that they believe in. Definitely. And then we're cheap on other things. Yep. So just always remember that in business. That's true. Now, you, so you had the staffing agency and then you, it's still going, right? You stuff ownership? Still there? going. It's still rocking. We're still growing. We, during COVID, we pivoted from exclusively the auto industry because they pulled back and yep. we got into the warehouse industry. Okay. And one of our first clients was Conair. Oh, big out time. Out in Glendale. Yeah. Yep. So that was a, that was a blessing. That was a great contract for us. And there's high demand in warehouse. So we were able to create more higher paying jobs over there as well. Okay. Very cool. Okay. And then now after that, what came next after the staffing agency? So during the staffing agency, I, I, I'm part of a couple other uh, new startups. Mm -hmm. um, I created, actually I created an app to prevent wrong way driving, I but it's a nonprofit. Okay. It's still in beta testing. It's where um, users can download this app, check it out. It's, it's, the, it's an acronym, nmwwd.org. So no more wrong way driving.org. I like that. What made you think of that? Just, I don't, I mean, I follow current events and every day, every week I'm seeing wrong way driving in Arizona, yeah. wrong way it's driving here, in huh? Florida, wrong way driving. And then it really struck home when I was, I came home early to take my son to practice mm -hmm. and there was a wrong way driver on the same route at the same time I normally come home. Ah, uh, okay. That's when it like kind of like hit close to home. You know how they say like, yeah. what did it hit close to home? That's how they man. That's my route. Uh huh. At that same time, like I'm coming home at that same time, so I just started brainstorming, and I have my developers that I've been using for like I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm always trying new things. Definitely. So I call my developers up, and like, yeah, we can definitely make it. I got a patent and everything. It's oh, still yeah. beta testing. I gave okay. it to uh, A dot. Yep. They were testing it as well, and then when COVID hit. Everything shut down. Definitely. So I pulled back on that, and it's still there. I need to put more energy into it. And then also, 
I sit on the board of another nonprofit. It's called Credit for Vets. Credit for Vets, okay. So Credit, the number four, and then vets.org, check them out. Okay. Um, and then there's a new nonprofit I'm sitting on the board of. It's called wolfofforest.org. Okay. That's t targeting all the carbon in our, in our area. Ah, that's big time. Yes. You might want to expand on that because yes. a lot of people in our audience could use that. Yeah, so what, they, what we're doing is it's two phases. Phase one is planting forests inside major cities. Okay. So what we're doing right now is we're looking at, you know, old landfills gotcha. that the city can't build on, that they can't use them for anything. Like on 19th Avenue and Lower Buckeye, there's about yeah. 200 acres just sitting there. Just sitting there, definitely. So we're going to be working on proposals uh, to start planting, having people donate a tree in their family's name, and our goal is to put 10,000 trees in there and to help fight. And then phase two with that will be the tech savvy part, yep. where there's a ton of uh, technology out there. They're called mechanical trees. I've never heard of that. Yeah, so these are trees that are actually fake trees yeah. that are pulling out the carbon 10 times, a thousand times faster than a real tree and then turning it into clean biofuel to help mm. them maintain sustainability. That's interesting, never heard of that. So phase two is what we're looking into that is, and then bringing these mechanical trees in, Yep. and then what we want to do is incorporate crypto where it's kind of like a donation of investment. So instead okay. of an ROI, we're looking at a DOI, okay. DOI, donation on investment. So if you make a donation, you can purchase one of these mechanical trees, and then as it starts producing this biofuel, you will get paid in our own crypto token, and you either can donate it back or keep it. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a very good idea. So this is all preliminary stages. Uh, I have a partner on that named Ernie Lerma. He's, it was really his idea. He brought it to me, mm -hmm. and we're going to do a collaboration on that. Cool. He wanted the, the main forest, and yeah. I came up with the tech forest. Nice. So we're going to start with phase one and then eventually get into phase two. That's awesome. So we're just trying to make you know, a positive impact in the world. I love that. I love that. And so now you're in the world of finance, right? That's what your degree is in from backgrounds, ASU. Backgrounds in finance. And so now you spend most of your time trading amongst all the other businesses you have? So yeah, so finance, when, when people think of finance, they just think of money. Yeah. Um, in, in reality, finance is more than money. To me, finance is leveraging. Okay. Leveraging assets, whether mm -hmm. it's human assets, whether it's personal assets, whether like when we started flat, yep. we started out of my out of my cell phone store. Yep. We, we, by leveraging that asset, we were able to start that company with $2,000 and have a HR open seven days a week, 70 hours a week. Yep. Where if we were starting it fresh, you know, we'd have to have rent, we'd have to have payroll, we'd have to have this, we'd have to have that. So finance is really about taking all the pieces of the puzzle on your team, taking everything and learning how to leverage. Absolutely. And there's obviously you can over leverage and under leverage and things of that nature. But to me, I, I like to... My mentality in businesses is to grow into your business, not grow out of it. Okay. So when I build something, I grow it to grow into, not grow out of it. Gotcha. And, and same thing with your personal life. I tell people, I give this a perfect example. Like, I was 25 years old, single. Yeah. No kids, no nothing. Wasn't even planning on getting married. Yep. I came downtown to 44 Monroe, right here, this building we're looking at right there. Yeah. And I went to go buy a two, three bedroom condo. Oh. The only reason why I didn't buy it from them, because they want to charge me 40 cents a square foot. So I go, even if I cash this out, I still got to pay you 40 cents a square foot for HOA fees. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. I went and bought a four bedroom, three car garage house, and I lived there for five years. Nice. Then I got married, and I grew into my house. Got there three you go. kids now. So 
personal life and professional life have that mentality of growing into things versus like growing that. out of it. Because it's cheaper to grow into it at the begin. It's cheaper to do it at the beginning yep. than to do it at the end. That's true. In any business, if you're building out a distribution center, if you're building out a manufacturing process, grow into your business. You, mm-hmm. In business, you you want to beat yourselves every year. Definitely. So don't outgrow your business. Definitely. I'll give an example from business. My cousin did that. He started a transportation company with a three car hauler. Okay. His first month, he grew out of his equipment. Yes. He, he was working 20 hour days, you know, transferring these cars. If he had started with a seven car hauler, either he would have worked 10 hour days yep. or he could have still worked those 20 hour days and, and get those more. double, triple red. Absolutely. But if you would have grown into your business instead of growing out of it, that's where you, and, and then you're stuck. That's true. Yeah. Because now you, you had your budget advice. and everything. And now you're stuck. Absolutely. Until you find that next opportunity to, you know, to reinvest into your business definitely so do it at the beginning i like that. don't be scared do it at the beginning think like positive that. people I like, like no what do we feel well then don't get into business yep now can you remember your biggest finance client so far as far as what as far as uh, either what industry or what brought you the most money or what's the most profitable for you or what's been the most profitable so in business you have to look at it you're, you're building something long term mm-hmm. um I always, when we started flat, I told my cousin, and I even have a social media post I was looking at the other day. I said, he had a transport company. I had my cell phone company. I said, this company in one year is going to be worth more valuable than both of our companies combined. Yeah. And these companies that we both had before flat were, you know, five-year, eight-year-old companies. Yeah. But just knowing the future of business and predicting different changes. Yeah. I saw that business model going to be worth more long time. So flat to me, it's... You don't see the money because I'm a type of person that reinvests into my companies. Gotcha. I don't, and that's the problem with people. They see all that money come in. Yeah. And, and then they start pulling it. Yeah, they start blowing it, man. You you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't don't think short term. You you want your companies to be liquid. Definitely. Because it puts you in a position where you can expand or do whatever you want. Yeah. So by far, in, in less than three years, Flat has been one of my most liquided companies because I leveraged every resource. I kept costs as low as possible. And now we're in a position to grow and don't have to worry about, you know, fronting payroll or nothing nice. like that. It's I like less headaches. Gotcha. And then as far as like single big transactions in the stock market. The stock market? Yeah. Can you remember like your biggest month so far? The biggest thing so I did in the stock market was I had a good friend of mine told me about uh, um ADM advanced okay. the, the chip processor. Yeah. And I bought I bought them at like two dollars and some a share. Yep. And as soon as they went all the way up to ninety some dollars, I, I sold all my shares. Damn. They did good. Yeah, and then but I didn't take the money again. Yeah. I took the money and I went and re, uh reinvested it and I diversified my portfolio. Yeah. And I bought a bunch of E V stocks. Yep. I bought a bunch of drone stocks. I bought some medical marijuana stocks and yep. I just diversified my portfolio. Nice. Now, can you remember the, the like first time in your life where you had that like aha moment, like entrepreneurship's for me or business is for me? Like when did it hit you? I'm a humble dude. Mm-hmm. So when when I hit big legs, we'll talk kind of like professional yeah. and street. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But, but when I make people feel comfortable. Yep. But when I hit big legs... It's not to go and spend it or, or you know, like you, you, my wife always said, like, people think you're part of it. I want people to think I'm poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got a wife and three kids at home. I, 
I invest in my children. Like, definitely. I can definitely afford the luxury cars, yep. but I'd rather spend three thousand dollars a month on the private school. Definitely. Because again, every generation needs to get better. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as high moments, like when I hit a nice, nice lick, it feels good. Yep. But that's that old news now. Yeah. Now, so if you just hit you know a five figure lick. Yep. Okay, now it's time to hit a six figure lick. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to hit a seven figure lick. Definitely. How do we get to that next step? Definitely. Stay focused. Yeah. Enjoy it. Take it, you know, go on vacation, do an experience or something like that. Enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Uh -huh. Make sure you give back to the community too. Like I donate a lot Good. to the church and the community and stuff like that. But um, don't get sidetracked. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of people that make good money and then just like. Blow it up. Not even blow, but just kind of like they lost the, uh, the hunger. Gotcha. Stay hungry. Yeah, you got to stay hungry. You got to stay hungry mm -hmm. because you've been blessed to get to that level. Definitely. Now get to that next level. Definitely. And so you got kids. You got two kids? Three. Three kids. What's the ages? So I have a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 17-year-old. Are any of them, did any of them got the business bug? Like you put any of them to work or anything so, yet? So, so when, I, when I tell my kids, it's like every generation needs to get better. Yep. I don't want you to start your own career path, like different education, different lines, different yep. this. My oldest daughter, she's looking into the military, which will be oh. a great blessing because yeah. she'd be first generation military in our yeah. family. That's different, I bet, especially and, as a woman. Yep. Yeah. And, and, I, and I hope she does go that route. Yeah. She wants to go into the Navy, so I hope she does go that route. Mm -hmm. Perfect example that every generation needs to get better. She's going to a different field. Uh, my son Sebastian, that's my daughter Stephanie, and my son Sebastian, he's really into science, engineering, uh, architect, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, he does have a hustle in him. He's, the other day he was like, oh, let's, I want to go crater or Chartistan. Oh, yeah. My wife is from Mexico. And I looked at him, I said, why no Chartistan? Why not a lemonade stand? And I was like, you know what? This is a perfect demographics for a child to stand. It's yeah. different. Yeah. It's, I like so you have the business mind in him. Yep. So and I teach him. I show him how to buy his own stock. He loves Roblox. Good. When Roblox came out, I think it's all over that. Uh huh. I said, here, I opened up in a custodian account for him. Yep. I went on. I filmed it. I put it on LinkedIn and all that. I said, I'm gonna teach you if you're gonna be a consumer in a company, yep. be an investor as well. Definitely. So he bought seven shares of Roblox. Because nice. he was seven years old at the time, so I taught him how to, I taught him how to invest. Yep. My youngest daughter, Savannah, she, we call her Mini Chef Savannah. Ah. She has a YouTube channel where she's cooking and stuff. Oh, online. good, good. My wife does it. My wife's a great cook. Now, are you like against the kids having YouTube channels? Are you for it? No, you know, a lot I, of people I, don't I, like it. I'm, I'm for positive media. Okay. And, uh, and my wife, uh, she's making a lot of bilingual con uh, content. Good. Or teaching Spanish and English and mm -hmm. things of that nature, and it's fun. Yeah. So they're teaching them how to cook nice. and teaching them the recipe in two languages. Nice. So it's interactive, it's hands-on, and dual language. Nice. So she did some stuff like that. She hasn't been doing it for a while, but she needs to get back into it. it it'd be good. But anything positive and anything educational yeah. is great. And that's what I taught my oldest daughter, too. I was like, you know, don't be a follower. If you see all these girls at your age, you know, posting risky stuff yep. and all that stuff, don't be a follower. I told her, I was like, you, she's a lifeguard. Okay. I said, why don't you pro promote your lifeguard certificate online? <laughs> yeah. How many of your friends are doing that right now? None. 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 Be different. Yep. Be unique. Yep. In your own way. So, now, and that's why I teach the kids. Now do, so that's two completely different cultures in the house, right? Do your, does your daughter take on like any veils or anything like that too? Do you teach any of the kids that? Or? So, 
how was that? That's so different, right? And, and again, I love diversity. Yeah, yeah. I, I love diversity. So our kids speak English and Spanish fluently. Good. They know the cuss words in Albania. There you go. <laughs> and they know some words in Chaldean. Okay. As far as food, my wife is a great cook. She, and I, I love Mexican women. Mm -hmm. no, I'm not a fan of Mexican food. Really? <laughs> no. Especially being in Arizona. No. Oh man. So my wife learned how to make Chaldean food. Good. So my kids eat a lot of Chaldean food, and they eat obviously Mexican food and American yep. food and all that stuff too. But diversity, and our, as far as religion goes, we're, we're Catholic, but my kids go to private Christian school. Ah, okay. Again, I like that diversity because yeah. you're you're seeing church through a different form. Yeah. Like they're gonna get their sacraments and all that. Sebastian's gonna have a sacraments right now. He's gonna do his first whole communion and confirmation. Nice. But they go to private Christian school. Now, how was that with your family? Like, were they accepting of that? And like, yo, your kids need to be this way and no, go this tradition? No, I, I, they, they would have, they're like, why don't you send the Catholics? So like, you know what? I, I, when Sebastian was two years old, I went and I looked at like a half a dozen schools from, yeah. from uh, charter schools to this, to that. And I would, again, I like diversity. My neighbors growing up were Christian. Absolutely. And I went to a lot of their churches and events and stuff like that. And honestly, I felt that diversity made me more spiritually connected than being just raised Catholic. Yeah. Not to say you can't have that same connection, but for me and my needs and personality, it fit me more. And I feel that's why it fit my kids better. And they love it. They love it. They love it. Now, what about your wife's side of the family? Were my they, wife's side is fine, too. With it. Yeah, yeah. They love it. Were they kind of uneasy about you when you first came a little bit and talked to No, they're probably happy. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you got to remember, Catholic, regardless of your nationality, if you have a Catholic background, That's it, true. it's pretty much the same. That's true. An Italian family is going to be similar to a Mexican family. Definitely. A Caribbean family is going to be similar to a... I mean, it, it, one thing I noticed is... Religion plays a lot of role Big time. in family values. Big time. Regardless of nationality. Mm -hmm. Regardless of nationality. You look at a Filipino, you look at this, you look at that. If, if they have the same upbringing through religion, the household is going to be the same. Absolutely. Honor your mother and your father, you know, respect your communities and things like that. So that religion plays more of a role than nationality. I agree. I agree. And now, since we're on that topic, do you have anything to say about what's going on in the Middle East at all? Do you pay attention to that? Yeah, I do. It, it's sad. Um, uh, I, that we knew it was gonna be a tough exit strategy. Um, yeah. in my opinion, it was a very, very not well exit strategy. I mm -hmm. mean, we pretty much left the turnkey military. Yeah. Like when I talk about business, oh, that's a turnkey operation. Absolutely. The build out is there and everything. It's a turnkey, just a new business concept, whatever. We we left the turnkey military. Definitely. Uh, we more. I mean, there's so much murdering going on over there, and not just Christians being persecuted, but even other Muslims that are being persecuted. Definitely. It just, there's just too much persecution going on over there, and it's a tough we, issue, we failed, in yeah. my opinion. As an Americans, we, we definitely failed that region. Definitely. You got family over there still? And I don't. My The last member of my mom's side was in Iraq, and she... I think she came back like 10 years. There might be some distant cousins and stuff okay. over there. Still, There's still a lot of Christian population in Iraq and things like that. But most of them that have ties in America have made that transformation out. That's good. Yeah. You know, I have a media question. One thing that I saw, I don't know if you ever heard of Vice, the publication. No, I'm so not familiar with uh, So they had did a documentary probably 15 years ago, like right after 9-11-ish. Um, and they were interviewing people in Iraq. And they were saying that, 
they were mad the Americans were there and all that, but they didn't know why they were there. Like, they didn't know about the incidents that had happened here with towers or things uh -huh. that were going out. Is that true? You know, like, so, it's a media thing, right? And it's, so media, that's why I teach my kids too. I, like, before when we were growing up, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Yeah. I tell kids now, like, show me what you're following on social, social media, media yeah. I'm going to show your future. Yeah. So media is... We, we live in a free economy. We live in a free mm -hmm. world. But at the end of the day, is it really free? Because if you really look at media, how much of it is being controlled? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, a lot of these countries, they, they don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. All they know is what they need to know what's going on. And it's, it's selected. Yeah, they're it's told. selective news. Absolutely. And as Americans, we, we've been blessed with all this technology and all this access to the whole world. We should be more educated. And I always t teach my kids, like, Watch all media. Absolutely. See all perceptions. Because yep. there's nothing 100% right. There's nothing 100% wrong. There's, there's got to be an equal liver. There's got to be a hybrid way you can find a solution. But right now, it's just there's it's all there's no bridge. Yeah. It's just either 100% right or 100% wrong. Yep. Nobody's points are correct. Definitely. Definitely. And that's why I don't watch the media. No, not at all. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I, I choose what I want to watch. I watch mostly finance. Like you see in my... Yep. office right now i got the market on i want to read current events things that to me that relate more to me and obviously the social issues that are going on and, and i see it and same thing like with immigration i'm pro-immigration but yep. when they're complaining about the trump administration how they were cheating the immigrants and all that i'm like yeah. okay compared to who yeah because yeah. if you go to mexico and you see the way Mexican government treat all the illegal watermelons in Honduras. Well, the way we're yeah. treating them is a thousand times better. That's true. Yeah. So again, it's it's people selective, and, and that's another thing. Is all this stuff is forced. That, that's true. And I don't like don't yeah, force, I don't, like that don't force your opinion on me. Mm -hmm. Introduce me your opinion. Definitely. Introduce me your viewpoint, but but don't force it. Don't tell me I need to do this. I need to yep. look at like introduce it to me. Definitely. Deliver the message properly. Definitely. I don't know if you remember the Cosby show. Long time. You remember yeah, the Cosby show growing up? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember one of his daughters came home from uh, college and she was dating an older man. He was like the maintenance man or something like that. And she shocked her parents. And Mr. Dr. Cosby goes like, it's the delivery of the message. She's like, what's your favorite food? He's like, oh, I love this steak. And it's like, okay, what if I took your steak and all that and took it out and served it to him the lid of a garbage can? Yep. You right. will never like that meal again. Mm -hmm. It's just the delivery of the message. Definitely. We need to deliver messages in a way where people can relate to them. Absolutely. Not be forced on them. Definitely. Or not ruin the message. Because there's a lot of politicians that have great messages, but they just fail to deliver them in a proper way where the consumer can react. Not and we're all guilty. Yeah. We're all guilty of that. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. Mm -hmm. Communication's tough, man. Hard to be relatable, you know? It is. Yeah. And, it's, and honestly, it's probably just being more basic. Yeah. Very true. By the way, Trump was the you know successful I, I, as he was. Just being more basic. Mm -hmm. Just be more basic communication. Absolutely. So now can you to start to wrap this up here, can you remember your biggest failure in business so far? Like one of those fuck, like I damn it. One of those moments. You take so many L's. Yeah. I mean I've I've I have i have i have taken a lot of L's. Um I don't look at them as failures, I look at them as as PhDs. There you go, lessons, huh? I look at them as lessons learned. Mm -hmm. Um I, I, so as I continue to mature as an entrepreneur, because I don't care how successful you are and whether you're worth billions or millions or worth nothing, life's about maturing. Absolutely. As a person, as a father, husband, American, Catholic, Christian, entrepreneur. So I always look at it as I continue to mature. So what I've learned from all my lessons in life is don't invest or be in industries that you're not passionate about. 
Okay. So when I when I had a high turnover ratio when I got into the cell phone game. Yep. And I was just hiring anybody and everybody. Yep. And what I noticed was qualifying people better. Gotcha. So if I'm hiring you and what do you like? You're like, oh, I love clothes. I love makeup and this and that. Do you like technology? No. Well, when you have a bad day at work, you're yeah. not going to want to come in anymore. No. Nope. But if you love clothes and makeup, be in that space. Yes. Be in spaces that you're passionate about. Don't just go in there for the money. Definitely. Sounds like you got burned a few times by and, some people. Yeah. Plus business. I mean, you, you take, you know, you, you partner up with the wrong people. You yeah. partner up with this. You, you invest in the wrong thing. And those get frustrating because, you know, people trespass against you and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But, but that's like, but just as long as you passionate about something, yep. do it. Because don't think about, oh, I want to make more money. Yeah. I know a lot of very wealthy people that are miserable people. That's true. Like here, I mean, how many billionaires are you seeing getting divorced in the past two, three years? Yeah. How many billionaires are stepping down from their CEO space because, you know, the, the misery's not worth it. No. You you need peace. You do, yeah. If you got peace in your personal life and, and peace in your professional life, not only are you going to be more happy, you're going to be more successful. You're Absolutely. going to enjoy your life more. So don't chase the money, chase the passion. Absolutely. The money comes with it. Absolutely. That's what I've learned because I've got into the wrong industries and then it's just like, man, I got all this money and time invested into it just to find out, like, I could care too less about it. Yeah, that's right. Like, I could care too less about it. Why am I, why am I in this space? Mm -hmm. Like, I invested in, in uh, I started a company for uh, medical marijuana okay. growing out in Oklahoma. Yeah. And I got bought out by my partners, but they never bought me out. <laughs> but I'm never going to take a loss on that. It's going like to be like a 100K loss on that. Mm. But... I don't smoke. Oh yeah, yeah. See that. Yeah. Like, why? Why am I in that space? Mm -hmm. If if I don't smoke. Yeah. If I don't drink, I shouldn't be owning nightclubs or bars. Yep. If I don't smoke, I shouldn't be in that space. Yep. Like, I need to be in spaces that fit me as a person. Definitely. Because I'm gonna show up to work. I'm gonna show up to the business more happy. Definitely. But if, if you don't, like I taught my son, if you're a consumer of a product, be an investor of a product. Definitely. You love video games? Okay, start creating them. He's only eight. I mean, he's got plenty of time. Oh, yeah, he could do it at that yeah, age. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to teach him at a young age. Like, hey, Definitely. put your time into something that's going to create more stuff out of it versus just playing video games. If you're spending four hours playing video games, spend four hours developing a game. Yep. Match that same time. Definitely. If you're practicing basketball for 20 minutes, great. Practice this. You like spend that time. But as far as business, invest in things that you're passionate about. Definitely. Not the money. You're right. Don't care how much margin is making. Don't care how much that is. If you're not a consumer, I'm a consumer of crypto. Yep. My goal is to have my own. We talked about it with yep. the Wolf of Forest. Have my own coin. Have this. I, I love crypto. I love finance. I want to put all my energy. I love creating jobs. My staffing company fits my business. I love yeah, putting absolutely. people on. I want to create jobs. I want to create economies. Yep. That's what I need to focus on. Definitely. But in industries that I'm a consumer of. Definitely. Don't invest in industries you're not a consumer of just because there's money in there. Absolutely. It's not worth it. Trust me, you're not, you're gonna, at the end of the day, you're going to look at it and be like, well, what am I doing in this space besides, yep. you're not going to be happy. That's true. That's true. I'm learning that now. Now, um, the last question here for direction purposes here, if you could give any advice to a 22-year-old who just graduated from ASU with your same degree, what would you tell them? Stay active with mm -hmm. the ASU alumni. Okay. Because 
Keep life networking. Is, life, life is not about what you know, it's about what, who you know. Mm -hmm. I'm on the smartest, I, I'm not trying to tell my, pat myself on that, but I'm a very, very educated man. Yep. But my network is dumb. Because oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a network. Yep. I have a lot of people that have access to good networks. It, it makes, it's not about easier, it just makes the transition in the process smoother. Definitely. Um, and continue generating revenue. Okay. Um, I, the problem that I see with a lot of these young people today is they all want to be millionaires. They all want to be that. But, you know, you, there's 24 hours in a the day. There's seven days in a week. How much money have you earned yeah. in that 24-7? Yeah. Don't, don't let days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months without generating revenue. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear while well, I'm doing this full time. There's 24 hours in a day. Yep. You can still do your business full time and you can still pick up a part time shift. You can still drive for Uber. You can still have a podcast. You can still be doing multiple things. I used to get frustrated with my mother because she asked me, Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Like she wanted me to do a million and one things. And, and I used to get frustrated. But at the end of the day, she was right. Like yeah. she's like, Get out there and do as much stuff as you can. Definitely. Because couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there, yep. up there, all that adds up at the end of the day. So you always need to generate revenue. If you're not generating revenue, I'm sorry, you're not an entrepreneur. Absolutely. You have to generate. For me to say, there's, we live in a capitalistic, we live in capitalism world. I don't care what people yep. say. America is not just capitalism, the whole world. There's always buyers and there's always sellers. Mm -hmm. There's always somebody consuming something. Yep. Whether it's media, whether it's a product, whatever it is, there's always somebody out there consuming. Definitely. So do not just sit there People that are artists, like, oh, I'm a rapper. Okay, why you're in the studio? You're not in the studio 24-7. Yeah, got to be making money somewhere. You still got to generate revenue. Mm -hmm. You're not you're not taking your eye off the prize, Yep. but you got a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D. Yep. If you only got one plan, it's going to be a higher percentage of, of failure. Absolutely. But if you got five plans and backups and this and that, you're going to have a higher chance of success. Definitely. Where you can circle back to what you want to do, whether it's five years. And be patient. That's one of my biggest flaws in business that I learned I was impatient. Ah, uh, when did you learn that lesson? That sounds like a hard lesson. Well, you, you trade, so I mean, plenty. It, I mean, plenty of times from a young age, like, because, you know, we're hungry. Yeah. Entrepreneur, yeah. I, I'm a hungry dude. To this day, I'm still hungry. Definitely. And I'm, I'm a hungry person, and it's not because... I want all this. I, I'm just a hungry dude. I, mm -hmm. I like, like I to like, win, man. I like to accomplish. And I like to, I'm a competitive dude, and, mm -hmm. I, and I like to accomplish. And just sometimes being over competitive and being that can get you into some troubles and stuff like that. Yeah, so just be patient. Yep. Stick to the script. Yep. And keep generating rev. Definitely. You gotta keep generating rev. I don't care what you're doing in life, you need to generate rev. Dope. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Well, you want to tell the audience how they could get a hold of you if they so want emails or you contacts? Can, you can check me out. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I like to grow my professional uh, network over there. Good deal. Um, my, my social media is probably the most boringest social yeah. media in the world. Shut your, shut your uh, daughter's channel out there. But, the uh, channel. The, it's called the YouTube channel <laughs> for my wife is and my family is called Mihili's Adventures. There you go. Um, my social media is Nino Mihili on Twitter. Instagram, all that stuff, and I'm a family man, so you'll you'll see me posting kids stuff for my kids and then all that and motivational stuff. Like my nice. my my social media is all motivational and positive. Nice. That's all it is. But before you go, Mike, I want you to open up that box right there. This one right here. Yeah. All right. I want you to Ooh, grab one of those. There we go. 
And this so is a this, nice cigar this, this for is audience. A nice right cigar. Here. So when you come see me, only 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 special people get to walk out. Open it up. Open it up and Ooh. tell me what you smell. Oh man. This is a flavored cigar that I'm gonna I'm probably gonna start private private labeling it. Oh yeah. But smell it. What's that oh, smell like? Wow. <laughs> it's like old barreled, like aged wine or something that's like that. That's hazelnut. That is hazelnut. Yep. Yeah. And when you smoke it, it's smooth, it tastes smooth, it tastes good. There's no headache, there's no aftertaste, there's no afterbite, there's nothing. So mm. I'm, I'm thinking about private labeling that. I like so this. So maybe down the road I might I might have. Oh, another thing before I forget, I'm working on this social media idea that I haven't just in concept. It's called Leafy.com. Leafy.com. Think of it as your bucket list. Okay. And where you get to network with other people, say you want to go skydiving, right? Yeah. You put that on your bucket list. Well, people in your circle are scared to go skydiving, but now the algorithm is going to pull other people that like to go skydiving, then you can start networking together. I like that. And then that. maybe you can do it as a group tour yeah. where everybody gets a discount, and now you got 20 people going skydiving instead of paying you know, 500 bucks for one person since it's a group rate. Yep. You all go down and you, you do that first bucket list together and you're networking with people that you never met but you all had something in common. I like that. I so L-E-E-F-I-I dot com. I like that. Leafy dot com. That's something. That, like I said, entrepreneurs, we always got these Always going. got something. And that's, yeah. and that's another problem with entrepreneurs I mean, before we hang up is Get this is my fall too, mm-hmm. and and I'm maturing out of it now. So now I'm creating my companies. Yep. Putting all the work in, creating the positions, creating everything, and then putting somebody in there. Nice. And let them manage it and, and work on it. Why go work on something else? Yeah. Because otherwise, you just start a bunch of little tasks and nothing is finished. Absolutely. So that's what I'm doing now. Is I'm gonna start these projects, get them up and running where they need to be. And then delegate and pass them over and pass the baton on to somebody else. Good deal. Now, you know, a last question, too, really quick. I've been putting together a panel for Career Day for Kids. Okay. Uh, specifically, a two-day event where it's tech one day and then business the other okay. day. Would you be interested in well, speaking to kids? I love the kids. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you like this. Now they're listening. And, and I tell my wife this all the time. I never wanted to get married. I never want to have children. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, the title that I cherish most in this world is not an entrepreneur, is not a businessman, is a father. Absolutely, man. Watching kids grow and develop and being part of their mentorship and all that. I look back now with all these people that have mentored me when I was growing up, and I always say the biggest, the saddest profession and underpaid and underappreciated profession in this world is a teacher. Yes, very true. My mother's a teacher, man. Yep. I saw it. They're the most... It, to me, I look at teachers as like a mother, a single mother, or a single father, like people that just do not get the credit they deserve. Absolutely. When they raise minimum wage 25% in Arizona, I said, no, for unskilled labor, it's not because I'm greedy. It's not because of nothing like that. Teachers should have got a 25% wage increase. Definitely. People that are passionate, that have their education, that have their skills, that are... Preparing the next generations. Yep. They need we we need to we need to protect our che- our teachers Definitely. and our schools. Definitely, especially out here in Arizona, man. Yeah. Red Fred's big out here. We we and it's sad when it, we we need our worldwide. Yeah. My wife is from Mexico. My my wife actually has a teaching degree in Mexico. Nice. And it, it's just sad. Yeah. Like there's and they're preparing the future of the world. They're the most important job. They're in the, the world. most important yeah. job in the world. With I you you wouldn't be here and I wouldn't be standing out here. If it wasn't for a mentor, if it wasn't for a coach, if it wasn't for a teacher, if it wasn't for a professor. Yep. So it's a gift for ability to learn. It is. And do not take it. And every day, 
as I talk about maturing, every day I like to learn something new. Definitely. You have to learn something new. And not only just to learn it, but apply it Definitely. and teach somebody else. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, so shouts out to all the teachers, all the professors, anybody that's out there that's mentoring, educating people. God bless you all. Perfect, perfect. All right, well, y'all heard it first here from Nino. Again, I appreciate you coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you introducing me to your, your platform. And Definitely. I look forward to a, a follow-up down the road. Man. Absolutely, man. We'll talk more business. Sounds good. Good deal. All right, you guys know you can catch me every Monday on every platform. This is Mike. This is Give You the Business Podcast. Thank you for listening. We're out.